and welcome to Soberholic Podcast. This show is designed to address topics that will encourage, equip, and inspire you to explore life's most difficult topics and overcome your biggest challenges. Today, your hosts, Roger and Jason, will share from their own experience how you can find hope and healing in recovery. Welcome back, Soberholics. I'm in studio with the man, the myth, and the legend, Jason Rice, and I believe we've got a great topic in store for you today. We're going to be talking about why it's so hard to trust God right after this. Hey guys, Roger here. I personally know that alcoholism and drug addiction affect more than only the user. It destroys the entire family unit. Soberholic, 12 Steps Later, is my story that led to years of addiction and consequences. It concludes with step-by-step instructions to help anyone overcome their hurts, habits, or hang-ups. Whether you are an addict or a family member of an addict, Soberholic is a must-read for those who want to better understand addiction from the viewpoint of an addict. Buy your paperback or Kindle copy today at Amazon. Trusting God, that's a difficult conversation for most people, but yet we all struggle with that. Uh, Jason, I, I know that you do. I know we all do. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever I sing that hymn, I Surrender All, like the whole time I'm singing it, I'm like, I don't really. I'm you know? lying on stage <laughs> I'm right just now. totally lying up here because I know I don't surrender all in all areas of my life. And it's one of those things like, you know, it's a, it's a sanctification process, which is just a big church word for becoming more Christ-like. And I don't think I'll fully ever really 100% trust God until I'm, you know, glorified and I, and I go to heaven. You know, I think that will be the only time that I really trust God. And it it's one of those those kind of catchphrases in Christianity that's so easy to say, but just so hard to live out day to day. And that's really good for me to sit here and hear the worship pastor say, I don't really truly, truly trust God because... As Christians, we always want to do that. We always want to say that I, I've surrendered everything. And our third step, we talk about how we've surrendered our will and our lives over the care of God. But oftentimes we don't because we don't trust Him with everything. I've, I've read through Scripture a lot, and we see different accounts of, of people not trusting God. But I saw one um, earlier this week that really kind of got a hold of me. And I wanted to kind of start our, our whole conversation with this this idea and it's in matthew 14 verses 28 through 33 and it says and peter answered him lord if it's you command me to come to you on the water he said jesus it says come and so peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to jesus but when he saw the wind he was afraid and began to sink he cried out lord save me Jesus immediately reached his hand out and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And I can relate with Peter. Peter trusted God. He was like, you know, God, I will follow you. Send me out there. Let me know that you are real and that you are who you say you are. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. And as soon as he got out there, the storms of life hit him, you know, kind of like the same things that we see in our lives. And I don't know if I really trust you anymore. Uh, I don't know if it's okay. And 
that's what I see in Peter's story is that, you know, I trust you in the good times. I trust you. But when I'm challenged a little bit, then I don't know if I've got the same faith I have when there wasn't so much of a challenge. But he still got out of the boat. I think, I don't know, I think we give Peter a bad rap on this story. Well, and a lot through, you know, we, we give kind of Peter the bad rap and a lot of the a lot of the stories with Jesus. But, I mean, he still was the only one that got out of the, the rest of them sat there and they didn't do just, anything, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So we see that he has faith, but maybe not the faith that he thought he had. And that's what I see in my life is I'll try to trust God. As I will say, just as you was talking about, Lord, I give it all, but... And maybe not all of it. And so, Lord, I trust you, but I don't really trust you with all of it. Now, I don't really say that in my prayers, and I don't say that when I'm teaching Sunday school, but that's really the way I feel a lot of times. And I think that's a way a lot of our listeners relate. And it's something that we don't really talk about a lot, and I think that's the reason this episode may hit a lot of people right dead between the eyes to know that, this is something that more than just they think they struggle with individually. It's a, a collective topic that we all kind of deal with, sometimes silently. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's something that I think is just a universal struggle in Christianity in general, is being able to trust God in every aspect of your life and in, in every, you know, facet like your finances your health your marriage your your parenting i mean every aspect being able to fully trust god is a tall order (laughs) very tall so let's look at some of those reasons about why it's hard for us to trust god maybe pose the question and kind of the reasons maybe i i can share of how i've I've kind of stumbled on this this journey of trusting God, and, and maybe you can give some input on this as well, but I talk about in my story a lot about why it's hard for me to trust God or has been in the past because it, I come across this question I ask myself because of things that happened to me. The question kind of goes like, well, if God loved me, how can he let this happen to me? I lost my hand in the service. I've said this several times throughout our podcast. Yeah, I know on podcasts you can't see, but Roger is missing from his above his wrist down on his right hand. Got a little shorthanded. You know what I mean? (laughs) And And he he has endless hand jokes. (laughs) Oh, today I was meeting a a lady. I'm getting into beekeeping now. I've never done it before. But it's something new, right? I I like new things. And I pulled in to meet the people for the first time, and I introduced myself. And he's like, why are you getting into beekeeping? I said, well, I was a line tamer, and that didn't work out for me. Ah, So I'm going to try this. It, It was fun to kind of break the ice. But Anyways, I see myself in this idea that if God loves me, then bad things isn't allowed to happen to me. That was the picture that I had before I I come to really give my life to the Lord. Many of our our listeners are probably experiencing those type things in their life. Maybe it's a loss of a child. Maybe it's a disfigurement like I, I went through, or maybe it's a sickness uh, in their family wondering why their father's sick the way they, that he is or or maybe it's the mother or a child and it just doesn't make sense to them why a loving god could allow these things to happen but yet it still happens yeah i mean we kind of touched on this in one of our other podcasts talking about how 
you know, just because we're a Christian doesn't mean that we are immune to the pain and the suffering that this life entails. I mean, one of the best explanations for this, and we could spend a whole series of episodes on just (laughs) why do bad things happen um, and why is there pain and suffering in the world. But one of the things is, you know, we live in a fallen creation and, and that's just a part of it is that, you know, these bad things happen. And, you know, it says in the Bible, it rains on the just and the unjust. And, and then not only that, but on the other side of that, if, if we're trying to be more like Christ, you know, Christ talked about pain and suffering right up there next to money. He talked about money more than anything else in the New Testament. And then right next to that, he talked about pain and suffering. Uh, one verse that comes to mind is John sixteen thirty three, where he says, in this life, you know, you will have trouble. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. So, you know, he makes it clear to me anyway, when I read the scripture, Jesus makes it clear that we are going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations. We're going to have pain. We're going to have suffering. And, you know, there's numerous Bible verses where it says that not only we're going to have that, but that actually makes us become more like Christ is suffering as he did. But that's not the gospel we hear sometimes. It's like, oh, if you become a Christian, you're going to have money, you're going to have happiness, and everything. He's going to take all your worries and all these things away from you, and you're going to have everlasting joy and freedom. And that's just not what we see a lot of times when you're walking this this road out, this Christianity thing out. I can't say honestly, for me, I, I do know joy today in the midst of pain. Yeah, I know freedom in the midst of of turmoil and storm and storms, but it's a matter of what I keep my eyes on, and that's what I saw with Peter's story was about he he turned his attention from Jesus to the problems, and yes, he did step out where no one else would, but it was it was is when he took his eyes off the prize, mm-hmm. when he took his eyes off of Christ, then the problems came. Right. I don't know about you, but um. That's where I turn into problems. And whether you call that trust or lack of faith or whatever it is, I know that it's something that's lacking in my life at times. Another another thing that I run into is I've talked to different people throughout recovery. It usually comes up with something that's posed in, in this type of wording, if you will, but it's that someone in their life who who may have claimed to be a Christian, whether they were or what, and they claim to be a Christian, they they hurt this individual one mm-hmm. way or another. Oh, yeah, that's very common. And one of the bigger glaring things that I can remember, as I've heard different testimonies through over the years, is that maybe it's abuse, sexual abuse or mm-hmm. molestation, something along those lines. And because of that, they blame God for that happening. Why would you let this this person who was a Christian do this to me? Yeah, and I mean, not all things, as far as pain and suffering goes, like, we're not going to have an answer to all these things. Now, if somebody is sexually abused or whatever, I'm not, like, my, my before answer does, does not apply to that. I, I do not think that's making them more like Christ. That's just a terrible thing. (laughs) I want to make that distinction. Uh, That's just a terrible thing that happened. And, you know, why, I don't know. You know, there's tons of things in my life I look back at and I just, I I don't know. And I think that's where 
you know, we can think about Job in the book of Job where, you know, he's searching for answers. And then God just says, you know, where were you when I formed the heavens? And almost of as if God was saying, you know, you're not even on the same level as me to even ask some of these questions. And whenever I'm faced with, um, you know, questioning why something happened and why something awful would happen, that's usually where I turn to is, you know, I'm I'm not privy to that because I'm not God. I think it's great that you point out that something like that is not – you're not responsible for that. I've read through Celebrate Recovery's material many times, and they actually rewrote part of that because – as is any 12-step program I've been a part of, they mentioned that, I don't know if it's mentioned specifically, but we say this and we, we get to this, that we're looking for our part mm-hmm. of any situation yeah. when we're taking an inventory of what we did to cause the situation. And oftentimes we can trace it back to a consequence of, of a choice that we made. Or selfishness. or Exactly. You know, we're, we have something, some... We have a part to play in it. And you look at something where maybe a child is is probably the easy example to use, and they were molested by maybe their parent who was a Christian or uh, a Sunday school teacher. I mean, it, it happens. Let's just not act like it doesn't. Those things happen. It wasn't the child's fault. And so you can't take responsibility and blame yourself for a child because oftentimes we see people who carry the weight as if they did something wrong, that they presented themselves in a way that they should have been treated that way. And there's no way you're going to see that that person should have been treated in, in a way that was abusive or that should have been sexually taken advantage of. Yeah, they played no part in it whatsoever. Exactly. And so I I lost track there for a minute, but we look and Celebrate Recovery rewrote that part to where they could see that it's okay to to realize that you don't have to be take the blame for those things. And I don't remember exactly the wording uh, on that, but it it does state that. Now another, um, I guess, reason I I hear people not trusting God would be blaming it on their circumstances, if you will. Mm. I don't know about you, but I kind of got this this idea that when I got into recovery, and, and I'm not going to say when I was a Christian, just when I got into recovery as general, there was a progression as I went through my steps. As you know, I realized there was a problem. I believed that I couldn't fix it, and I gave my will and my life over to Him. And so there was a progression there. So somewhere along the line, I became a Christian here, but. I thought that when I got to be sober, then my life was going to just be okay now. And that (laughs) now that I'm doing this recovery thing and I'm living this better life, I'm being a productive uh, member of society, and now that I'm a Christian, I'm opening my Bible, I'm reading my Bible, everything should just be great. And all the things that I had lost, well, now I'm supposed to get them all back. And more. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, a whole <laughs> lot more because I'm not using the dope or, or, or taking the substances or doing the things that I was doing. So now there should be a surplus in my life. Yeah. And I think, I think I had the same experience when I was getting sober. But I think a lot of people out there have a similar experience when they first become a Christian. They have this expectation of what their life is supposed to be like in the future. 
And, you know, this kind of goes back into our previous episode about living one day at a time, how we fantasize 10 years down the road from now. And we think, well, this is what my life is going to look like then. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have a retirement, you know, 401k with this much money in it. And then when we get there, you know, it doesn't look like that. And so then, you know, the natural place to blame is God. Why, why didn't all this, all these things happen? I'm being obedient. I'm doing everything. Well, not really, but I'm trying to do everything I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And, and I, I have found, um, you know, my wife says that, um, and my wife likes when I mention her in the podcast a lot. So my wife, beautiful wife, Dakota, who's so beautiful in every way. She, um, you know, she she likes to say that I'm just kind of a realist, you know, a pessimist. I don't really think I'm a pessimist. I think I'm more of a realist. And she's usually more optimistic as far as looking into the future. But... I know expectations have really, in the past, just been a crippling cause of of not being able to be content with my present. My expectations was kind of like this. I expected to come in into recovery, do the steps that everybody suggested, when I jumped into that, I realized, okay, well, now that I've given my will and my life over to Jesus, and I'm studying His Word day in and day out, because I like, I, I think most Christians are this way when they first become believers. Um, the Holy Spirit kind of gets a hold of them, if you know what I mean. They're, they're changed. Yeah. They feel re-energized and new and fresh. And, Want to shout it from the mountain? Oh yeah, and they can trust yeah. God. Man, I trust yeah. God with everything. And I'm reading my Bible, and then the world kind of gets back into that, and it loses its steam. And so it's kind of like that big boulder going downhill. Um, it comes down really fast, and then it finally hits something to stop. And that that stop for me is always a circumstance of something, uh, a reality in my life that. It's hard now to try to make time to study every day and to pray every day. And so I drift off, and I find myself kind of away from from, from the Lord. And it wasn't so much that he had moved. It was that I had moved, and the trust thing was that I had not really – I'd taken that trust away from him. Yeah, for, for me, the, the point of trusting becomes this – that when you realize that God is not a quid pro quo God, that just because I'm reading my Bible and trying my best to live a Christian life does not mean that God owes me X, Y, and Z. And so it's kind of like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story where they're about to be put in a fiery furnace and they go, you know, we know God can deliver us and we know he will. But even if he does not, you know, he still is God. Oh, that's good. And that is, that's trust. That's trusting God at his finest. But they realized that God didn't owe them. God didn't owe them that, you know, necessarily. And they weren't, they weren't putting their faith in God so they would get something. And I find myself there a lot where I'm like, I'm doing all these things, you know, I'm trying to live my life according to the word of God and according to his you know, his way and trying to be become more like Christ. 
and I, I get trapped into that workspace mentality where, well, I should get something out of this. And, and, and what I mean is like material things or I should, you know, my family shouldn't get sick or I shouldn't get sick or I shouldn't have any health problems or I should make a lot of money or something, you know. Lord, I'm making this sacrifice for <laughs> yeah. you. I need you to do a little bit for me. And that's not what any of us want to say we're doing. And we don't do that intentionally. But there's this underlying idea that we secretly have that, you know, Maybe I, maybe I should get something out of this. You know, I am being obedient. I'm, I'm doing all of these things, and they're for you, Lord. And so, why can't I can't Why can't you do this? Yeah. As if you know, it's kind of like I'll scratch your back and you scratch mine. Yeah. It don't work like that with a holy God. No, and I, and I think I think it's just the trust comes in at I'm gonna follow after you just because you have loved me first. And I'm going to I'm going to sacrifice and trust and put my faith in you because you are God. And that's it. Not because I'm going to get something out of it. But but we do get something out of it. You know, our soul is eternally saved and redeemed from, uh, uh, you know, eternal separation from God. That's what we get out of. But we we don't see that as something that's tangible here to us on Earth. We don't see it right here and right now. And so we. We forget. Yeah. That, that that moment that we saw earlier with the, the zeal that you have as a newborn Christian, the, the fire, the energy you have in you, it just kind of starts to peter out. And you go back to this fleshly world mm. that where we go back, almost revert back to our sin nature. Although we're told time and time again in Scripture, don't. Don't conform to the ways of this world. But we, we, we tend to, we just have a natural bend to go back to what we were comfortable in. And sometimes that's just trusting ourselves in our own ways. And that's kind of the the other one I wanted to share with us is we just we kind of want Jesus to be in our lives. We want to we want him to be part of what we do, but we don't really want to give him everything. And our steps talk about that a lot. I think it revisits it over in in step six and seven where we talk yeah. about giving him everything and that's a big deal about giving it all. I think that there, that word is even used there. I may be wrong with that. I don't have it here in front of me. But it's a three-letter word, and it's probably the hardest thing. In fact, I've never been able to do it in my life, of to give all of my life to Christ. I can tell you, and I've probably even said that I have before, but I really never have. I tend to give it in spurts. You know, I'll give... The Lord my drugs and drinking because the pain was so great I had no other choice. Yeah. And then I may give you my finances for a minute and then I'm gonna go back to me. I don't know about you, but I, I found myself doing this, you know, at times where maybe I would give a tithe because I saw the importance of it, and then this month I was backed up on my power bill, so I gotta pay my power bill, and I would not give him the money and the offering that I normally would give. And and that's not something I'm proud to sit here and say because I'm, I'm a believer in giving. I believe in a cheerful heart from giving from my heart. But I, I find myself at times where I haven't. There's been times I've been above and beyond. But what the point I'm trying to make is this, is that I trust God when I have the money in my pocket. I don't trust him when I when I don't have it in my pocket. And I, and I see that 
a lot of different ways in my life is the whole all is I, I trust him in areas of my life. And if we as Christians want to trust him completely, then we've got to come to a point where we can give it all over. And if our listeners are looking for the answer for that, they're probably going to be sitting in suspense for a while because I don't have the answer to that. (laughs) No. I mean, there seems to be always, as soon as I give one area over my life and I've, you know, there's some areas in my life I've worked for a long time to be able to relinquish control to him. It seems like as soon as I do, there's some other area I take control back in and it's really discouraging because it's like you 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 at some point you just want to throw up your hands and go i i'm never gonna you know be able to surrender all to him and i'm never going to be able to 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 live in freedom of of you know wanting to be my own boss and be in control of my life because that's what we all want we all want that and that goes back to just the original sin of pride you know we're prideful people um, and e- even your most humble Christian, you know, still struggle with pride. I think it's I think it's the sin that that all others are rooted in uh, is the sin of pride. But it seems like it's so discouraging when you realize that I'm never or this is just me. This is just my opinion. I feel like I will never truly be able to surrender all to him in every area of my life on this side of eternity. But, you know, you kind of want to just give up at that point, but that that's just the way that sanctification becoming more like Christ in this life works, you know, it's in the same way with sin. And I mean, we're kind of talking about that here too, but, you know, as soon as you get freedom from one sin, you know, there's another sin that pops up. And, um, you know, but but we can't let that discourage us on on continuing our walk with the Lord. It's weird that you say what uh, about the, the, the whole humility part of this, because I realize that we have listeners that are probably hearing us right now and say, I don't struggle with trusting God. I've never had that. And and almost think about themselves as just being so humble and just Christ following and never have these issues. And, and I pray that we have a listener that can do that and hear that right now and believe that and know that's true in their life. I was reading one of your wife's blogs the other day, and it was talking about humility, and it was talking about how one. It said if you think that you're a, if you t- if you can tell people you're a humble person or something, say that back three times. And now tell me what you think about that, <laughs> yeah. and that that just owned me because I, I've been around a lot of people who just think that they're the most humble thing, and and really they're 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 not, and they're struggling with this idea that of where they're going with their walk with the Lord. And and it's just that we put on these great faces and we hide around great masks and we talk about great words. And that's one of the things I've always tried to do is come on here and just be real. Yeah. It's not always what you want to hear in a Sunday school class. It's not always what you hear inside a recovery 12-step group. But we're somewhere in the middle of that where we're okay just to say, you know, I struggle as a Christian. I struggle in recovery. And for me today, in the topic we're talking about, I struggle with just trusting God. And if you want to call that struggling with my faith, maybe it is. Because as you mentioned with Peter, at least he was still willing to get out of the boat and walk. Yeah. And I mean, as far as being real, you know, I think I think if we were more real with each other as believers and especially within the church, 
then we could help each other be more accountable. You know, like I, I think one of the areas I struggle with control and trusting God in is just my time management. You know, there's a lot of things I say yes to without praying about. I just somebody asked me to do something and I'll just go, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Just because I'll think, oh, I can I can fit that in right there. And, um, you know, there there's. There's, kind of like recording the show tonight because yeah, I, I had yeah. to reschedule and, and you so yeah I can fit you and we yeah. can do it right here on this other different date because like you know just being transparent you know I find a lot of self worth in how much I can get done you know see how much I can get done and and that's one of the ways that I don't trust God is, is with my time management but if we were able to share those things with each other then we could have better accountability with them. And I think we, we would be able to work on them and, and, you know, with helping each other, we could give them over to God a lot easier. So real conversations. Yeah. And I hope that the, through our conversation with you and I, that we can spur our, our listeners to hear that and to take action themselves. And it's difficult to do that. There's no doubt. It's not an easy conversation, but as we've talked throughout the years, it's become almost normal for us to have these conversations with one another, just to share our shortcomings and our faults. And by doing so, we're able to encourage each other when we do go forward and, and do make progress. And that's where I see us kind of wrapping this thing up today, knowing that we don't have all the answers of how exactly to trust God. It's recognizing His sovereignty in, in everything. That's easier said than done. Yeah. A lot easier said than done. I mean, I think all of us can agree that our way is not better than His ways. And well, today, plan, today, I can recognize right. that. But if, if I wanted a new car and I had the <laughs> money and He was kind of telling me not to, my, my way may be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we start sounding like God in our own minds. Yeah, that's really what it is. I wouldn't tell you that. Right. But I can tell you that eh, I've got a better idea here, John. God, I just need you to get on board with my plan. But that that doesn't really lead us to a good outcome, does it? It leads us to debt and problems, financial problems, which leads me to a, a, a bad marriage because it's built on a bunch of debt and problems, and it's difficult to trust God in those situations. And now I'm forced to realize, do I want to tithe or do I want to pay a car payment? And because, because I made a choice not to, to trust Him today. I think there's a better way of doing things, and I think it's by giving my life to Him and my will to Him, but it's something I do every day, and I, I by no means say that I've got it together. In fact, I, I'm, I'm probably, if I was going to give it like a letter grade in school, I may have a C, maybe a high C at best. Yeah. But I, I'm making progress, and like Peter, I'm still willing to get out of the boat because I do believe that he knows better for my life. I just got to keep my eye on him and not the storm. And I think you said it best that this is a daily thing. You know, is. This is a daily issue that we need to do. We need to come to him daily and surrender our will to him every day. That's why I think it says give he gives our daily bread, you know, that we can't we can't borrow it from from yesterday. You know, we have to do this every day. So our challenge to you guys is if you're in that moment of not trusting God, I would challenge you to just kind of find that maybe that person in your 
circle of friends and your church family, that one person that maybe you've never really told anything to, but maybe you could because you've probably never really been that open and honest with someone, give it a shot and, and just talk to them a little bit about what's going on in your life and and see what they have to say with you because I'm willing to bet that that conversation will look much different than what you thought. It's going to end a lot better than you thought. And you're going to leave there trusting God more than when you came into that conversation. With those things said, I'm going to say that we're signing out of here. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're out of here. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics. Soberholics.